0: You're listening to Connection Church's podcast.
1: I was saved when I was 15, and um, like most Christians, I'd had my ups, I'd had my downs, but I felt like I was plugged in, um, in my own personal walk.
0: I didn't really give my life to Christ till I was about uh, 28. I didn't really understand that there were steps after that. It wasn't just this one commitment, that I'd, and then attend church every Sunday after that. There's so much more. My wife invited me to go to this couples group, and at the time I didn't want to go.
1: Our marriage had been struggling. We had been seeing a counselor. Shortly after after beginning to attend that group, we separated. We we didn't tell our connect group what we were going through. But as part of our separation agreement, we decided that we would continue to attend um, Disconnect Group as a couple, that we were going to be there and that we were going to do the work that God was wanting us to do.
0: Something had to change. And it was me. The man, you know, he's the king of his home. You know, he demands this and he wants that, and the woman needs to respect and honor, right? Well, everyone forgets the man needs to serve his wife. Connect Group, they helped me, they helped me become accountable for my actions. They, they opened my eyes to truth. Um, and the, the realization that I was a quote-unquote Christian who didn't read the Bible. You have a storm going on around you. The wind is blowing and the, and the waves are crashing and when you finally break down and reach out to Christ, the strange thing happens. The storm calms and you find peace in your life. Every week turned into uh, a week where, or a night where I could go and see my wife, spend an hour two hours with her amongst other believers who are sharing similar hardships. It gave me a sense of comfort that I'm not alone. Everyone on earth hurts. Everyone goes through these trials and pain, and these people are here to help me.
1: Three months went by, and in January of 2016, we ended our separation with a reconciliation. We decided at that time, maybe a few months later, to go ahead and and let our Connect group know what had transpired between us and they rejoiced with us they celebrated with us and they were very happy for us um, but their hearts were also broken for us they were the ones that were able to speak directly into our heart directly into our situation and they were able to to carry us through a very difficult situation even when they didn't know they were god's mouthpiece for us at a time in our lives where we were lost
0: the biggest change which is surprising to me, but it's uh, its actually, I'm actually reading the gospel. I'm actually reading the Bible. Not just carrying it with me wherever I go. I'm actually reading it and learning.
1: I've, I've learned to trust. I've learned to be transparent in my relationships and I've learned to lean on people. They're there for you. God has gifted us this group of people um, to help us walk through life.
2: Morning, church. I love stories and testimony videos like that because it shows how transformative my God is. Amen. Amen. Connect Group is a part of our church that has really transformed my life. Um, all of us, all of us yearn for to have friends, to have people that we know have our back beyond life's troubles and things that go on. We've all had people that say, we're here for you. We're there for you. And then when you need them, they are nowhere to be found, right? Connect Group is where real life change happens. Connect Group is where people are in the trenches with you, fighting every single day, and they're there for you. If you're not in Connect Group, I challenge you to go to the next steps and find one and get in one. Check one out. Just come to one. You can come to mine. You can come to Dallas's. Come to somebody's and, and see what Connect Group is all about because I'm going to tell you it's the best thing that has ever happened to me to go from a man feeling like I had to do it all by myself and then realizing that I had 10 other people that felt the same way. At any moment at any time during the day, if I had a problem, I could text one of those people and I knew I had 10 people praying for me. It's just a feeling like you will never experience anywhere else. So I challenge you guys to do that. As I was watching that and, and this morning and as we listened to that last song, God just kind of, Spoke to me, um, this is free, this is different than what I'm going to preach, so we'll see if I even get to preach what I'm going to preach. But, you know, so many times we come to God and it's like, you know, I love you, I, I care about you. and I want to tell you guys, sometimes, sometimes we struggle. We struggle to show God that we really true love Him. We struggle to show God that, that He is our number one. As I was reading this week, preparing for Psalm 23 about how God is the good shepherd, I was so convicted this week of how many, how much I fail, how much I feel God, how my actions really don't show God that I truly love Him. And I want to be honest. I'm, uh, something you'll find from me and, and from Connection Church is that all of us that are pastors, we try to be real with you guys. I, I want to be just as transparent as, as I can be. We're all in this fight together. So many times we've put this this perception that a pastor is way up here, and the rest of us are down here, and that's not a reality. That's uh, so unrealistic, because let me tell you something. I'm going to let you down one day. I'm going to do something that you don't like, because I'm human, amen? But the thing is, I'm not up here in status and position. I'm right here with every one of you guys. We're all in this fight together. We're in the trenches together fighting for the genuineness of the gospel every single day. The only reason I'm up here is because I'm operating in the gift that God gave me. And when you operate in the gift God gives you, whether it be hospitality or serving or in kids or music, when you operate in your gifting, we are being the body of Christ. All of us serving together. So I'm coming to you this morning from a guy that's been struggling this week. Just because a man's in the pulpit doesn't mean that he, his life is all together and everything's perfect. As I read Psalm 23, I began to ask myself all kinds of questions of, Jeremy, are you relying on God for this stuff? And it really made me realize, even me, how intentional I have to be every single day pursuing God. If I'm telling him I'm loving him, does my actions show that I love him? Because he is so worthy, amen? Amen. He is so worthy. Let's pray and then we'll read the psalm. Father, we just come to you right now thanking you so much for who you are. I thank you, God, for being the the good shepherd that that shepherds our lives. Lord, uh, I just thank you, Lord, for stories like this that shows that you are the God that heals that shows that that you are the God that redeems those that seek out guidance from you. God, I pray, Father, that you would move in a powerful way this morning. God, set the captives free. Lord, those of us that have been chained by our past, I pray, God, you would just help us realize that it's not about that, it's about who I'm becoming. So God, move in our hearts today. God, don't let us leave here the same. So many times, God, we come to you and we, we hear your word and we, we read your word, God, and we become dull to it, Lord. We don't, we don't, we don't adhere to the teaching, God. We don't, we don't listen. and God, we don't do what you've called us to do. We don't react. We don't respond, Lord. We quench your spirit. Father, I pray that we will not quench your spirit this morning. God, I pray that, Lord, you just move in a powerful way in our hearts, Lord, so strong that we can't do anything but get right with you. Lord, help us all realize that it's not about a bunch of do's and the don'ts. It's about pleasing the God that sent his son to die for me. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Show us where we fail you. Show us how we can be more authentic and a true follower of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Psalm 23 is where we're going to be this morning. And, you know, when I get to thinking about this psalm, preaching through the psalms has been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because it's an it's honest, it's just an honest view of, of God, of what God does in the heart of a man that truly pursues God. And when I read these psalms, I have to ask myself, Jeremy, are you allowing that to happen in your life? Are you pursuing God honestly? Psalm 23, a lot of people uh, when I told Sabrina I was, I was going to preach preaching Psalm 23, she was like, Jeremy, that's the, that's the psalm everybody quotes at the funeral. You can't talk about the funeral psalm. <laughs> and we robbed this psalm of thinking that we, we, we talk about how God, how he walks through us we're in the valley of the shadow of death, that we should fear no evil. We, we focus on that part. We don't focus on the goodness of God. And I'm thinking at David, a man that we talked about last week that failed God. Later in his life, he's looking back and he's saying how good his shepherd is, how good God is. As we read through this, I'm going to try not to dissect, but man, God has been showing me so much this week in in this scripture. Verse 1, it starts out, says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a powerful six verses spoken from a man that's looking back in his life and seeing the faithfulness of God. When I... I recently, um, I'm going to tell you some stories this morning uh, of some things in my own life. I recently bought some sheep. Yeah, I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I bought some sheep and, and, uh, and, and, and it is crazy because I'm watching them sheep and I'm reading this, this chapter. And I'm like, man, man, the correlation of this. I'm thinking David was a shepherd. David was a shepherd, so he's sitting there and he's, he's saying, as a shepherd, he was a leader of those sheep. And he's saying, look, the Lord is my shepherd. And when I think about the characteristics of a shepherd, they care for the sheep. They provide for the sheep. They protect the sheep. As I read that whole chapter there, three things I get out of it, it's saying that, that the Lord provides for us, that the Lord gives us guidance, that he gives us protection. It satisfy you note takers that love writing notes. But you better hang because that's all you're gonna get, probably. It says the Lord is my shepherd, so He's the one that cares for us, and provides for us. He says, and it says, I lack nothing. So He provides for us. How many of you? How many of you know that God provides for you? He provides for you. And, and so many times I think that we think when God provides for me, that means He's gonna provide the yacht and the Maserati, huh? He's gonna give us the. The 10,000 acres with the, with the big lock cabin on it. He's, he's, you know, no, not that. He said, we lack nothing. When I think about that, a lot of times we pray for God to do big things and, 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 we have, and, and those prayers have not been answered yet. And we wonder, God, why? Why? A lot of times our prayers are not answer because for number one, it's not right for us because he knows what's right for us. Number two, it might not be a no. It might not be wait just a minute. He's teaching us patience. I, I remember in one of the biggest storms in my life, my marriage was struggling. I was going through that, and I was praying, God, change her, God, change this, God, change that. And I went through it for two years, and nothing changed. But then one day, it all changed. And I look back, and through all that struggle, he, what, he didn't change the situation, but he was changing me through it. See, in our, our desire, God, help me. God, change me. You're, we're, we're pressing into God more. So you may be in the situation you're in right now, it's because God's trying to draw you closer to him. A lot of times we struggle in life thinking that when we, when we become a Christian, that we're going to follow Christ and everything's going to be easy. But in reality, it's not. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through situations. There's going to be hard times. But in those times when we, when we face God and we, we just press into God, that's when we grow closer to him. Amen? And that's comforting to me. But he's saying, look, because God is my shepherd, because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack Nothing. I think about the Israelites. I think about David. He's thinking back with the Israelites, and, and when they got called out of Egypt, when they got delivered out of Egypt, and they were going, they were wandering around in the wilderness. For 40 years, they wandered around in the wilderness, but guess what? Their clothes never wore out. Their feet never swole, so they, they never had to have any new shoes. Lord, I wish that happened now. That would save me a lot of money buying my wife's shoes. <laughs> Whew. But, you know, God was providing for them. Every single day, their daily bread, he was providing for them. He was providing food. He was providing shelter. He was providing clothing every single day. God is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. He goes on and says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Man, the whole green pastures thing is awesome because back in the Bible days, the green pasture is, that was, that was the place where, where the sheep could get fed, right? But we, we think about it right now. is When we see cow pasture, it's just this big pasture and, and it's, it, you know the, the, sheep, the, the cows are in it and it's fine. But in those days, the pasture was hard to find. It was, it was far and between, few and far between and they had to sometimes travel to different pastures. So he's saying, look, he leads me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Let me tell you something about a green pasture to a sheep. That sheep gets down in that green pasture, it satisfies his hunger. God's saying, look, I will satisfy you. That's what he's saying. Because I'm your shepherd, I will satisfy you. And you know what about that sheep? As soon as he eats, he lays down. You know why he lays down? Because he's satisfied. How many of you this morning are satisfied in God? See, we try to find our satisfaction in everything else, in money, in position, in authority, in in relationships. We try to find all these things, but yet God's saying, I'm the only one that can satisfy you. He leads me to green pastures. He makes me lie down because I'm satisfied in him. And I'm gonna tell you, that that rings so true in my life because I kept looking for, uh, like that song, looking for love in all the wrong places. I was looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places. I was going to this and going to that and and never, always feeling empty. But then when I finally met Jesus, really, for the first time, I'd been a religious man my whole life, but finally met Jesus and realized that what it meant to follow Christ, I was satisfied. There was peace in my life. Have you ever been that way? Have you ever gotten that peace? Have Have you ever been satisfied in Christ? Is he your satisfaction? That's what God, David's saying. Look, he he. I lie down. I'm I'm satisfied in where he has me. Are you satisfied where you are? Are you satisfied? It says he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He refreshes me. He leads me by quiet waters. That, that's something you don't understand about a sheep and people. That's why we're we're, we're so close to when in the Bible of symbology of sheep because you can't make a sheep do nothing. I'm here to tell you, you try to make that sheep go somewhere and they're going to run the opposite direction. Isn't that how we are? You ain't going to make me do that. We're stubborn. Y'all looking at me like y'all ain't stubborn. Come on. We're stubborn. We don't want to do what you're telling me to do, but if you lead me in that direction, I will follow you. You're only going to lead. You're only going to follow people that you know, love you, and care for you. And he's saying, "Look, he leads me to quiet waters, and that means nothing to you unless you know about sheep. Quiet waters, sheep will not will not drink from a rushing spring. They won't drink from from a water that's flowing. They won't drink from it. It has to be still. It has to be still. So, and a lot of times, what would happen was. That, the shepherd wouldn't have anything by him to refresh his sheep but that rushing stream. So you know what he would do? He would get some rocks and he would dam up that stream so that it would calm the waters a little bit so they could get refreshed. He's saying, he, he, he leaves me beside quiet waters. See, a lot of times we can't enjoy God because we're so caught up in the rush of life. There's so much junk going on in our life. There's so much calamity. There's so much busyness. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. We're caught up with so much anxiety because we're not accomplishing the things we have to do. I'm a task-driven person. Every morning I wake up, I've got a list of things in my head that i got to get done. And if I hadn't done but one of them by lunchtime, I am a nervous wreck, and my wife does not like to be around me. Yesterday I was like that. I was sitting there, and I had I had a list of things. Got to cut the grass. Got to do this. You know, got to do that. I'm spending time with her, in, 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 uh, in and 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 pacing. And that young youngin was hungry. So I was like, well, I'll feed him. I'll feed him. I'm trying to. You know, you, you can't force a youngin, a baby, to eat fast. It took him an hour, an hour to eat six ounces of milk. I'm like, come on, son. I'm tapping the end of the bottle, I'm, and I'm doing shaking him. He ain't doing nothing. I'm like come on, I got to go and I'm getting anxious and Sabrina's like, just, just go, just go. And I go to walk out of the house and it's like, this slaps me in the head. It's like, you need to be still and quiet before God. He leads me along quiet, still waters. Let me tell you, God is so interested in you that he's willing to dam up the rivers of life so you can get some calmness in your life, but you have to reach to him to want that. See, we're, we're so busy with life that we don't want things to slow down. But sometimes I've got to just slow down everything. And go to God and say, Lord, help me right now. God, my my focus is off. I'm looking at all this stuff, and God, I I know it don't matter. I need you. Show me, Lord. Am I in this alone? You in this this with me? Y'all got to respond. Y'all got to say amen. Y'all got to say preach. Y'all got to say word. Y'all got to say something. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Speak to me. But it says he, he leads me along still waters, quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. See, I find in those times when I get quiet with God, he refreshes me. A lot of reasons why we're never refreshed, a lot of reasons why we're just, we say, oh, God I ain't speaking to him. You know why? Because we ain't listening. We're so worried about life, we're so worried about things going on, the, the streams of life are just roaring by us and it's deafening us to, under, to, to hear his true voice. We've got to say, God, we've got to slow down a little bit so we can hear his voice. Are you willing to slow down this morning? It says he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. He guides me. He leads me. When I think about the right path, that word is also means the direct path. So he guides me down a direct path. See, God's got a plan for each of your lives in here. Do you believe that? He's got a plan for your life. The day he was born, there's a purpose for your life. And every step that he leads you, every, every trial that you hit, every, every problem that you go, is for a reason. He's leading you down the path. And it's a direct path. And if we were to see the path, we would have been like, uh uh-uh, God, I don't want to go through there. Take me around. Take me the easy road. But see, you don't learn nothing on the easy road. Daddy always told me, you always got to learn the hard way, boy. And he was right. God's saying, look, I can show you better than I can tell you. And he's leading you along this direct path. See, that was a thing. From from pasture to pasture in those days, you had to go go in a direct path. And sometimes those direct paths meant that you went through some very rough rough and rocky terrain. Sometimes you had to go through some very deep valleys. See, a lot of times we, we, we get upset because life is rocky. We get upset because we feel like it's unfair that we're going through this dark valley in our life. But God's got a purpose in it. God's got a purpose in it. And it's not for your comfort, it's not for my comfort. We would like to think that God does all this stuff for us for me. We want to think that God's doing all this to make me comfortable, to make me feel good, to make me happy, but that's not why He does these things. He does it for His name's sake. It's for the glory of God. It's why He does these things. God's word says He's a good, good father. God's word says that he would never leave you nor forsake you. He, he, he does these things. He leads you for his name's sake. And because it's his name that is at stake, that's why we can have, man, that's why we can be like excited and not be fearful, amen? We don't have to be scared. We don't have to be afraid. When we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we can have no fear because we know that God's led us here, amen? When, we, when we're looking at cancer in the face, we don't have to be afraid because we know God's led us here. And the reality is this, if I know that God's out for my good, even if it means that I am gonna, I may die, guess what? I get to see Jesus. And what's worse than that? Nothing. People want to talk about, you want to be scared to share your faith because you're scared somebody's going to look bad, you're going to look bad to somebody, or you're scared to tell somebody you're faithful, you're scared you may lose your job. So what? If it's all about Jesus, if it's, if it's His glory is at stake here, you're willing to do whatever to please God. If He gave, He gave you that job to begin with, and if... You share your faith and they fire you, guess what? He's going to give you another one. But we have to have confidence and faith in God. So many times we think God is this small guy that can't do anything. My God made me. My God made all of us. He can do anything, amen? Amen. We've got to have that courage and and not fear. The only way we don't fear people and fear situations is that we have to have confidence in God. Knowing that, hey, He's not doing this for me. He's doing this for him to glorify him. He's trying to make him look good. So if he's trying to make himself look good, he's not going to make me look bad in his eyes. We have to, I'm telling you guys, that, that, is, that, that one thing I circled, I called Dallas, I was like, man, let me tell you, I read this psalm and it just spoke to me. He's done all this, not for, him, not for us, but for him. And Dallas was like, yeah, I knew that. I was like, no, 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 no. let me read it again. He's like, I I, I got that. (laughs) He is the smart one. But he says, for his name's sake, he leads me down this direct path, this right path for his glory. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, you are your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So he's saying, look, God, I know I can have confidence in you being my shepherd. I can follow you because I know that you will protect me. I know you will protect me. See, we can have confidence in him. When he talks about the rod there, the rod, it, it, was, it was what the shepherds used to use to beat off the enemy, to beat off anything that was trying to attack his sheep. Let me tell you, my God is the God that, that defends me. Amen? He's a God that, that protects us when... When the devil comes against us, what does the Bible say? The devil only comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. When he comes to try to destroy your marriage, when I got my faith in God and trust in him, my God's going to beat him off with the rod. Amen? Amen. But we have to have faith in saying he is my shepherd. He's not going to do those things if he's not my shepherd. But if he is my shepherd, he will do those things. He's going to defend us. He's going to protect us in those situations. But also what I love about it is it says that you are my staff that your staff, they from me. See, a shepherd's staff is personal. A shepherd's staff, that shepherd, what he would do, he'd take that staff and he counts the sheep. So God knows every single one of us that are his this morning. He knows every single one of us. He knows our pain. He knows our circumstances. He knows what's going on with us. A shepherd knows his sheep. And it's crazy because I, I, I was looking at my sheep the other day and I hadn't named them yet. My wife probably has, but I haven't. And I'm looking out there at those 10 sheep, and I'm like, well, that, I, every one of them has a different characteristic, a different uh, personality, a different way they react to certain things. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, well, that one, that one there is going to act crazy if, I, if I've jumped the fence right now. So let me, let me go around. See, God knows you personally. God knows you personally. He, if he's your shepherd, he knows you personally. If he knows you personally, then why don't you cry out to him when you're in trouble? If he knows you personally, then why don't you say, God, I want to please you with every ounce of being inside of me. See, that staff, that also, he takes, he'll take that staff and he'll grab the sheep and bring them to him. Bring them close to him. And that gives me so much faith and so much courage because I have a shepherd, I have a God that wants wants me close to him so I can be in the presence of God Man, how, how awesome is that, that the God of the universe wants to be close to you, that he wants you to be right there beside him, that, you want, that you, he wants you to be able to, to, to experience his goodness. Have you ever been in the presence of God, church? Anybody in here, have you ever been in the presence of God? Have you ever felt his sweet spirit beside you? Man, that's, that's an addictive feeling when you're praying and you feel God's spirit. And there's so many of us that haven't tasted that because we've grown up in a dead religion. We've grown up dead. We haven't felt the presence of the mighty God because he's really not our shepherd. We think he's our shepherd. We call him our shepherd, but we don't follow him. We say one thing, but do something else. And once you ever start following Jesus, once you ever start following the true shepherd, and you really start following him, and you start seeing life change. You start seeing that he is interested in your life. You start seeing that, that my God wants me in his presence. It's addictive. You want to keep pleasing. You want to keep doing you want to keep pressing in. You don't want to not please him. Amen? amen? And I see people that call themselves Christians, but they're living outside the will of God. And I'm like, do you know? Do you know the good shepherd? Do you really know him? Or you just say you do? See, a lot of us treat God like he's a Facebook friend. Come on. Amen. I like y'all ain't got Facebook. We're we, 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 we friends with we, him. We say we know him. But if, we were to, but if you were to see that person on the street, they would never know who you are. Do you know him just by, just by saying you know him or do you really know him because you have a relationship with him? See, that's the difference. David had a relationship with God. He knew God personally and that's what made him pursue him. That's what made him be so just so useful for the kingdom. And, and God just used him so greatly because he knew him. Because he was his shepherd. It continues on. It says, you've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And a lot of commentators think that, that that's a change of going from being the shepherd to being a host of a party. But when I read it, I read it out of a different mindset. You see, in those days, the table, a table was also referred to as an open plain. So he says, look, you laid an open plain before me. When the shepherds would take their sheep to an open plain, that means they could sit there and they could protect them from any enemy on any side. He could see the enemy coming. So he saying, look, he's taking me to a place of rest and security so that, so that he can anoint my head with oil, so he can clean my wounds. How many of us in here have been wounded by church? How many of you have been wounded by people that say they're Christians? How many of you have been wounded by family members? How We've been wounded by those things. I pray that this morning, this is the table for you, set before you, that you can come and you can get let those wounds heal this morning. See, we've got, we got to allow those wounds to heal so we can follow God more intently. I've got one sheep that's got a messed up leg. Won't let me catch it. Won't let me catch it. Keeps wanting to do its own thing. And the more I try to pursue it, the further it runs away. Come on, that sound familiar to anybody? And and my heart is breaking because I know that if I don't catch this sheep and eventually heal its wounds, it's going to die. And God's heart is breaking for some of you that keep running from God. You've got a hole in your heart. You're wounded by something that's happened, but yet you won't let him cleanse you. You won't let him heal you. Why don't you stop running this morning and surrender that to God? Say, God, help me with this. You won't ever be what God's called you to be until you surrender, until you stop. Let me tell you, I wish I could go back to all my friends and my family that I was a hypocrite around, that seen me living, saying I was a Christian, but yet I was at the bar on Saturday night. I wish I could find all those friends, put them in one room, and say, I was an idiot. I wish I could just say, I love you so much, I want you to know what true Christianity is and truly follow what Christ is. Because what I was doing was, I was just a religious person that claimed to know Christ because I got wet one day and I said the sinners prayer one day, but my life never reflected it. I want to go to those people and say, I'm sorry, but let me tell you something, my life is changed and transformed. I can preach the word of God because God is now my shepherd. The whole time that I said he was my shepherd, he wasn't. I was leading my own self. And when the blind leads the blind, where do they lead them to? Right down to destruction. And if God hadn't came and opened opened up my eyes, I would have busted hell wide open, sitting on a church pew every single Sunday. And my heart goes out to people that claim that they're living right, but they're really living wrong. Because you're not really, truly following Christ. And I bet you if David was here today, he would jump up and down and scream from the top of his lungs telling you to wake up and realize that there's more to life than just eating and drinking and living on this earth. It's about living an eternity with the God that created you. And he created you for a purpose. All of us, he created us for a purpose. That was to proclaim the excellencies of him that called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. God called us out of that. He's called some of you out of your sin, but yet you're still in it. Won't you come out of that and allow God to follow you? I mean, Sorry. Follow God. Why don't you do that this morning? He wants to heal your wounds. See, right after I got saved, I had so many people that it hurt me. I had so many people that I thought were right with God, but yet they wasn't. I carried around so much bitterness. I carried around so much hate. I would get mad at a drop of a hat. I'd rather rather fight than smile at you. And it took me taking those things to God every day and saying, God, help me because I know this don't please you. God, heal me of this. You know this don't please you. And let me tell you, one by one, he began to treat my wounds. And as time went on, I began to realize I could walk a little stronger. At one time, I I was just limping by, just barely getting by, like some of you are right now. You're barely getting by. You're just limping through life. But as I began to surrender things to God one at a time, I began to realize that now I can walk a little better. Now I can walk a little faster. And now I can run just as hard as God wants me to run in any direction he wants me to go in. But that does not happen unless you surrender those wounds to him today. You know, what we're doing here is not rocket science. I want want us to be true, genuine, authentic followers of Christ. That's what he's called us to be. All all these games people play, uh, just kind of smoke and mirrors relationship with God, I don't like that because it robs people of realizing who Jesus really is. God is the good shepherd. He sent his son to die for us so that if we would follow him and trust him, we would have eternal life. Man, how good of a shepherd is that? It's the best. It don't get no better than that. And verse 6 is a response in faith to, to everything David just said. He says, look, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And, and he's saying, look, that, that follow me also means pursue. So, so surely if I'm a follower of Christ and I'm following God every single day, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Man, how good is that? You don't know why you're bitter and you're mad and you don't feel happy? And I, because maybe, maybe goodness and mercy is not following you. And if it ain't following you, then guess what? Maybe you're not following the shepherd. And man, when I read this next verse, it says, All the days of my life. You know, I got in the fridge, opened up the refrigerator, and there's a jug of milk in there. I got thinking about days of my life and thinking about that milk. You know when that milk is put in that container, the day that it's put in that container, it is stamped with an expiration date. The day we and you were born, guess what? We were stamped with an expiration date, and all of them's different. If you go to a grocery store, you look in the thing, and you're looking for the one that expires the latest, the latest, right? You don't want the one that's going to expire soon. All of us have an expiration date, and none of us know when that's going to be. None of us know when our time is going to be up here on this earth, but let me tell you, it's going to be up, and some of us are going to be sooner than others. But it shows your destination on this earth, shows who your true shepherd is. And that'll show in how you live. That'll show in how you act. That'll show in what you pursue. See, it's crazy because we try to judge our walk by our actions. Don't judge your walk by your actions. Don't judge your walk with God because you came to church this morning. Don't judge your walk with God because you go to Connect Group. Don't judge your walk with God because you have a Bible study every now and then. Judge your walk with God by your heart this morning. Judge your walk with God by, is my heart sensitive to the shepherd? Is he leading me? Or am I just aimlessly going in any direction I want to and claiming that he is my shepherd? You know, when I think about this, I think about Jesus and all that Jesus has done for us, guys. The good shepherd, God Almighty, sent his son to die on the cross. He sent his blameless son to pay the penalty of our sins. He sent him here. He didn't have to. He sent him here for you and me. Jesus died for our sins, past, present, and future, so we could be right before God. Y'all tracking with me? Amen? Amen? if we follow Christ, if he is our shepherd, we're following him, then we will have eternal life. But if we're not following him, then what? We won't have eternal life. It's simple, but we complicate things. That word, we we, we try to, in in American culture right now, it's easy believism. If I believe in God, that means I'll go to heaven. No. No. That word believe in the Bible was a word that meant to, to believe, to have trust in, to follow. If you're not following Christ, if you're not letting him lead your life, if you're doing your own thing, then you don't know him. In John 10, Jesus, he's talking about how he is the good shepherd. In verse 4, he says, Jesus says, look, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they never follow a stranger In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. The day my sheep arrived at the house, the shepherd that I bought the sheep from, they would follow him anywhere they wanted to go. They wouldn't listen to me. And I was like, and I didn't understand this whole thing. I was like, man, I got a bunch of crazy sheep. I ain't never going to be able to be good at this. But the more time I spent with the sheep and the sheep spent with me, the more they listened to me. And the other day, I was, it was night time. I went out there to check on them. and Matter of fact, it was right after Payson was born. I went to check on the sheep. And I got home and it was dark and I got the flashlight and shined where I've been seeing them at and they wasn't there. I don't have a big pasture and I shined a light across the whole pasture and I didn't see no eyes. And I was like, they have done escaped. <laughs> and so I holler out cry out to my sheep. And they're a bunch of, I don't to laugh at this. They're a bunch of, a bunch of female sheep. So I'm like, hey, girls. <laughs> Amen. And I shine out there to them. And when I said that, well, I heard one way off in the back of the pasture, bellow out. And I was like, okay. I shined the light and I see one set the eyes. So I said it again. Hey, girls. And I heard it again and I shined the light and all 10 of them were running as hard as they could to the, to the gate. And in that moment, it was, John 10 was alive to me says, my sheep know my voice, and hear my voice. We don't come running to God a lot of times because we don't hear his voice. And if we don't hear his voice, that means he's not our shepherd. And I know this might be tough for some of you to hear this morning, but this is the reality. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you the truth, and I'm not trying to be hard, but I'm tired of people faking it. I'm tired of people saying they're Christian, they're not because they're defacing the name of Jesus, the the Jesus that died for our sins. And and Jesus is saying, look, if if you are my sheep, You will follow me. And he says, look. He said, but they will never follow a stranger. They will run away. So if you're running from God, if you find yourself today, if you've been running from God, the the question you have to ask yourself is, have I ever been or am I following Christ? If we're not pursuing him every single day, not. we're not trying to please God every single day, then I want to ask you, are you truly, is he truly your shepherd? Are you truly pursuing him? So he says, look, the sheep know my voice. He, He goes on and he says, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever's entered through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it in full. He's saying, look, I am the gate. The only way you are going to find happiness in life is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. The only way you're going to feel peace and happiness is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Stop trying to be satisfied looking for everything else. You're never going to find it. He's saying, look, I'm the gate. I'm the entry. He continues "As I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus is saying, look, I am the good shepherd because I chose to die for you. Why not follow the God that chose to lay his son on the altar for our sins?" And he says, I am, in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as my father knows me, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So to be a follower of Christ means you need to know Jesus. And Jesus continues in verse 17, he says, "The, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Not only to take it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay down and the authority to take it up. Again, this command I receive from my Father. So here we have a picture of the shepherd, of how awesome my God is. And how he lays that down and Jesus is the shepherd that we should follow, God. He's the shepherd that laid his life down for you. He's the shepherd that laid his life down for me. Our imperfections, everything, he laid it down for us. Not for us to keep saying, we all fall short of the glory of God and keep on sinning. No, he called us to have a life of holiness that's pursuing God. Because he's worthy, amen? He's worthy. So i want to ask you today, do you really know Jesus? Is he the one you've been following all these years? The reality is most people have been following religion and not Jesus. A lot of people have just been following what they've been taught by grandma and granddaddy. In reality, that's contrary to God's word in some aspects. It's not about going to church. It's about living every day and pleasing the God that died for you. It's about following him every single day. It's about changing my life so that my life pleases God. Anything below that is not adequate. So ask yourself today, do I know him? If you've been running this morning, Jesus says that if he's a stranger to you, you will run from him. So if you've been a stranger, maybe is the day that you need to come back home. Maybe it's the day that you need to say, you know what, God, I've been running for way too long. God, I've been trying to do this way too long and I need, I need you today. God, I need to surrender this to you today. I need to give you my life so that I can be the follower. I'm gonna quit playing games right now. I'm laying it all at your feet. I'm tired of leading my own life and I want you to lead me. because leading a life of emptiness is the hardest life you'll ever have because you're constantly going from thing to thing to give you satisfaction and only to realize that all those things leave you dry every time. No relationship's going to give you full satisfaction. No addiction's going to give you satisfaction. No man, no woman's going to give you true satisfaction. No job, no house, no lands, no vehicle. Nothing's going to give you true satisfaction until you truly surrender your heart to God. I'm not telling you because I've read this. I'm telling you because I've lived this. I've lived the empty life too many times. My heart goes out to the people that leave here every Sunday, that chooses to leave here and remain empty when God wants to fill you this morning. God wants to give you the water that will never run dry. So that's you this morning. If you realize you've been empty, you realize you really haven't been following Christ, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to follow Christ. I want to give my life to him today because we want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. Just slip your hand up. Amen. 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 Hold it up, guys. Hold it up. We want some of our prayer team to come and pray with you. Amen. Amen. I have a seat right there and I pray we do this. Guys, it takes guts to to, to, to say, you know what? I've been living for me and not for God. It takes guts to step out. There's not a shadow of doubt in my mind there's a lot of you here that haven't had the guts to do that this morning. You know what? You can come up here after the service and come, and we can still get things right with God. The, the, the reality is we need to leave here different the way we came. As the band comes up, just want them to play softly for just for a second. I want you guys that, are, that you say that, that he is your true shepherd. You're saying that, that, that I am following Christ. I am following God. By not standing up, by not surrendering your life, saying that I am following him. If you're following him, then what areas in your life does he need to prune? What areas in your life are you not listening to him in? See, the goal of the Christian life is not just merely maintaining. The goal is growing. Amen? It's growing more into likeness of Christ. And if you look at your life right now, when you think you were saved, when you were saved, if there hasn't been growth, then there's something wrong. So it's time to say, you know what, God, I want to truly be following you. So God, whatever's wrong, I don't know what's wrong. You might not even know what's wrong, but he does. I'm going to pray and I'm going to close. But what you do shows the reality of your heart. That's what, this, that's what this altar's for, and they're going to play softly. And if no one comes, Drew will dismiss, and then we'll go on home and come back next week. But the goal ain't church. The goal is living it every day for God. So what's holding you back? Because your family needs you. Your coworkers need you. Your husband needs you. Your wife needs you to be the follower that God is calling us to be. He's the good shepherd. Why not be a good follower? Father God, we just pray right now, Lord. We thank you so much for just, God, thank you for the two people that gave their life to you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for moving in people's hearts, God. I thank you, Lord, for being the good shepherd that you are. Lord, we praise you right now. God, we thank you, Lord, for life change. We thank you, Father, for just how you love us, God. Lord, I thank you for pursuing me, even though sometimes I don't want to be pursued. But God, I thank you for being that loving shepherd that that comes and gets me when I'm lost. Thank you, God, for being that shepherd that has compassion for me when I'm stubborn. God, reveal to us the things that are holding us back so that we can glorify you. Lord, change us. As we've read, we should all realize that it's never been about us. It's always been about you. God, let us all think about our expiration date. Lord, I may I may die tomorrow, I may expire tomorrow. But God, am I living on life? I living on purpose. I living on mission for you, God. Am I being? Am I allowing you to shepherd me and lead me till tomorrow, God? Lord, help us surrender these things to you, God. In Jesus' name.